It's podcasting time. I am Jonathan Isaacson, and this is Dispatches from Japan, a podcast mostly about things in Japan or related to Japan. And if you aren't already, please subscribe to the podcast, and whenever I get around to making new episodes, you will see them pop up in your in your thingy, your fiendish podcast thingy. Um, yeah, shout out to the two people who, you know, might have gotten that reference. Um, anywho, got a little quick one for you today. And let's celebrate, let's talk about a woman who was born on this day, September 17th, back in 1888. And that woman is Tsujimura Michio. Now, who is Tsujimura Michio? I can hear a lot of you asking that question right now. I mean, heck, I would guess that here in Japan even, a lot of people would probably ask the same question. Tsujimura Michio te dare? But yeah, she was a big enough deal that she got her own Google Doodle, um, at least here in Japan, in 2021 on her birthday. Um, not sure if she's going to get the same honor today when this episode drops, um, you know, not to spoil the illusion of live radio broadcast like podcasting, which is a, you know, that's totally a thing I just didn't make up right now. But yeah, anyway, um, episodes, of course, not recorded live. Uh, I did this recording ahead of time. Um, I think today, what's today is the 14th. So a few days before her birthday on the 17th. So who was this woman? Who was Tsujimura Michio, and why did Google Japan think she was a big enough deal to make a Google Doodle of her? And I just realized there might be like one of you out there who has no idea what I mean when I say Google Doodle. Um, so yeah, Google, right? Google is this website. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's really useful. Um, you can search for anything and once upon a time, their internal motto, I think actually was their official model for a while, was don't be evil. And I think a lot of people would probably say that they've strayed pretty far from that mantra. But um, we're getting off track here, right? Um, anyway, Google, right? The search page on Google often has special designs, illustrations, you know, sometimes even little games um, on, you know, holidays people's birthdays, famous people's birthdays, things like that. You know, those illustrations, those designs, those games even, those are known as Google Doodles. And they are different all over the world. Um, probably more so in places where Google has, you know, offices, where they have business, actual business uh, interests. Um, and so, yeah, here in Japan... Uh, we get Google Doodles for things like Tanabata. Um, just had one recently for Otsukimi, which is the moon viewing. Uh, it's when you eat dango, which is a Japanese sweet. Um, these are some very traditional Japanese holidays. Um, and we also, of course, get them for famous and not quite so famous people's birthdays. And Tsujimura Michio is one of those people. So, yeah. Tsujimura Michio, um, she was born in Okegawa, Saitama, which is actually not far from where I used to live. Uh, in fact, I would regularly ride my bike through Okegawa 
uh, when I lived in Kawagoe, but that is neither here nor there for this topic. Um, but hey, it's a place I know. So anyway, Tsuchimoto was born way before I lived in Saitama, obviously. Uh, as I said, she was born September 11th, 1888 in Okagawa, Saitama. Now, I couldn't find much of anything about her childhood. Um, I Honestly, I didn't look that deeply for it. Uh, so I can't really tell you anything about that. It's not super relevant to our, to our story here, especially because this is a short episode. But yeah, I couldn't find anything uh, in my very cursory quick glance for uh, background information. But again, not that important. What I can tell you is that she did attend university, or something akin to it, in the early 20th century here in Japan, which, as a woman, was kind of kind of rare, right? Same as in a lot of countries, early 1900s, women in higher education, not a huge percentage of, you know, well, percentage of the women of a country or within the student body, not a large number of women. Um, so yeah, going to university or something akin to it was a relatively rare thing for women at the time. And so uh, Tsujimura, she went to the Tokyo Prefecture Women's Normal School, which again, probably kind of similar to a lot of countries, women in higher education would often go to teaching school, go to normal schools. Um, and she graduated in 1909. Uh, so she was, what, that would have been 21, 22 years old. Uh, I guess 20, 20, 20 or 21, yeah. More or less the same age you would expect for a university student today. However, apparently she was not satisfied just to stop there. Uh, she went on to the Tokyo Women's Higher normal school. So I guess like master's degree, like a master's in teaching, master's education, something like that. And she was in the division of biochemical science. Uh, now, the higher normal school would go on to become um, Ochanomizu University, like a half, like a half century later, maybe not, not even half century later. So this, her, her graduate school, I guess you could call it, um, it went on to become one of the best schools in Japan, like became a, a full-fledged women's university, a national university, one of the best in the country, just period. Um, men's, women, doesn't matter, just one of the best schools in the country. Um, so she went to what, what would become, like say, the forerunner of one of the best countries in the school. So, um, yeah, if you were a woman in the early 20th century in Japan, who is interested in furthering your education, apparently this school, this uh, Tokyo uh, Women's Higher Normal School, was apparently one of the places to be. And it was here that Tsujimura met and was taught by a woman named Yasui Kono. And Yasui was, she was the first woman in Japan to earn a doctoral degree, at least in science, maybe just period. I think she may have been the first person to have a PhD, like a first Japanese woman to have a PhD. So Tsujimura uh, 
she one of her teachers is a very important woman uh, in education and probably honestly deserves her own episode at some point um so yeah was so yasui was one of tsujimura's teachers and was a major influence on tsujimura and it was here at this higher normal school that uh tsujimura developed her interest in scientific research again pretty um rare for women of her day to be into scientific research or to be allowed to be into scientific research, I should say. And so Tsujimura graduated from the Tokyo Women's Higher Normal School in 1913, and she went on to teach at Yokohama High School for Women, which at the time was more like a university than what people, you know, like, if you talked about a high school in early 1900s Japan, it's not a high school like Americans, people in the U.S. would think of a high school. It's more, it's closer to a university or college. Um, and so, yeah, so she, start, she started out at Yokohama High School for Women. And then in 1917, she would return to her home prefecture and teach at the Saitama Women's Normal School, uh, which later became the Faculty of Education at Saitama University. I know it gets really confusing looking at universities and, and schools in Japan. Um, everything changed a lot in the, well, kind of the, 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 Japan's education system went through some radical reforms and changes between the mid-1800s and then the immediate post-war era, so the mid-1900s. You have a 100, 120-year span where everything is changing in the education system the like the classifications of junior high, middle school, high school, normal school, university, it all gets all confusing. Don't worry too much about that. Um, I know I keep giving you more names than I probably should, but these are places, these are schools I know personally, so I'm going to put them in. So just sorry, deal with it. Anyway, so Tsujimura, she worked in Saitama at the normal school for three more years, and then she decided she wanted to pursue even higher goals, and she joined Hokkaido University's Food Nutritional Laboratory in the Agricultural Chemistry Department. Now, she was an unpaid laboratory assistant. She didn't join as a student, like a, a graduate student. Um, so thing is, at this time, so 1920, um, the university, this is the imperial, these are imperial universities. They're now national universities, but um, the imperial universities did not accept female students by and large. And so she was just kind of doing things unofficially um i mean she was doing research she was helping with research but she was an unpaid assistant um so yeah she was helping out and she was studying silkworms which if you know anything about japanese fashion kind of a big deal right silk is important um and probably you know a pretty important thing to study and after a couple years in Sapporo, up in Hokkaido, she transferred to the Medical Chemical Laboratory at the Medical College of Tokyo Imperial University 
and this is 1922. And again, if you know your history, uh, 1922, not long before the great Kanto earthquake of 1923. And the, the laboratory that she was working at, at Tokyo University, was destroyed in the earthquake. And so she transferred again, this time to Riken, which is, and what it still is, um, was and still is a major research institution, right? A major research laboratory. And while at Riken, Tsujimura and her colleague Miura Seitaro, they isolated vitamin C in green tea. And they published a paper about it. And apparently this paper that, that, these, that uh, Tsujimura and her colleague Miura published really led to an increase in interest and therefore exports of green tea to the United States. And I presume other countries as well. Um, but yeah, this is her research is kind of pushing green tea out to the rest of the world um, as you know, the health benefit. The health benefits are more clearly um, known and defined. And yeah, Tsujimoto continued her research with green tea and would go on to isolate a number of compounds within green tea. Um, I think it's called catechin, tannin, and gallocatechins, um, to be precise. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I know anything, what all that means. Um, apparently, all of these things help explain the astringency of green tea. Um, now, I know about tannins because I know tannins are very, uh, it's well known that they are part of uh, red, what gives red wine its astringency. Um, and so, yeah, this, she's isolating the compounds in green tea that give it its flavor profile, its astringent pro flavor profile. Um, and yeah, she would go on and write up her findings in a thesis on the constituents of green tea. Um, and her thesis was titled, On the Chemical Components of Green Tea. So, I mean, at least you know what you're reading, so that's great. And that would earn her her doctorate in agriculture from Tokyo University, Tokyo Imperial University at the time, I guess, but now it's just Tokyo University. And she was, in fact, the first woman to earn a doctorate in agricultural science in Japan. So, good for her. Awesome. In 1949, when the Tokyo Women's Higher Normal School became Ochanomizu University, which I, I mentioned before, one of the top universities in the country, just period, not just for women, but just period. Um, and uh, yeah, she was a one. She was a professor, having moved over from Riken. Uh, she moved up to the, not senior researcher, but she had moved up to full researcher at Riken in 1947. In 49, Ochanomizu University becomes a thing, and she is a professor there from day one. She retired officially in 1955, but continued teaching part-time until 1961, and she was also a professor at Jisen Women's University, which is a private school in Tokyo. And at 1968, at the age of 79, she was awarded the Order of the Precious Crown. And the following year, 1969, she passed away at the age of 80. 
And that is a brief outline of the accomplishments of Tsujimura Michio, a pioneer for women in science in Japan. And that is where we will leave it for today. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever it is you cast your pods. The podcast is available on most major platforms, as far as I know. As I said before, um, the name of the podcast, I don't think I said on this episode, but a couple episodes ago, the name has changed. It's now Dispatches from Japan, but that's the only thing that's changed. Your feed, your subscription, all that kind of stuff should be the same. Um, Same is the case for Twitter. You can find at JustAnotherCast. The email is still the same, JustAnotherJerkPodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, send me a message, send me a request, send me an idea. That's all for me. I'm Jonathan Isaacson, and I'm out. Peace. Peace.